Welcome to The Mini Break, your daily podcast for the biggest storylines, results, and controversies from the tennis world. Today is Tuesday, May 10th. We have a doozy of an episode for all of you listeners today as we are joined by former Grand Slam champion, Tennis Hall of Fame member, current Tennis Channel analyst, and one of the best brains in all of tennis to get the chance to pick. Of course, I am referring to Tennis Channel analyst Tracy Austin, who joins us on the show today to share her excitement for the upcoming Southern California Pro Circuit happening this series. Now, that Southern California Pro Circuit going to be a series of six tournaments held over the course of seven weeks, beginning in late May, carrying on until the middle of July. Of course, we here at Cracked Rackets. So excited to be able to play a role in that event as we're going to be able to provide coverage of the matches throughout the course of the six tournaments. And of course, on today's show, we wanted to talk to Tracy about the origins of that event, the community it took, the community effort, I should say, it took to get these events off the ground. Of course, we also wanted to talk to her about the importance of providing professional opportunities to aspiring young players. I wanted to talk to Tracy about her own playing experience early in her her career. She was obviously so quickly able to find her footing on the pro circuit. I wanted to discuss the difficulties in players who are attempting to, the difficulties players face, excuse me, who are attempting to do that now. Of course, we also had to pick her brain about a couple of non-Southern California pro circuit things. Had to mix in a couple of questions about her own pro career, about the fantastic start to the 2022 season of her former All-American son, Brandon Holt. And then, you know, I wanted to pick her brain about the Carlos Alcaraz sensation and so much more. Again, this was a fantastic conversation. One of my favorite we've done here in 2022. And of course, we are so fortunate to have so many exceptional guests on our Crack Racket shows day in, day out, week in, week out. But, you know, we've been on the chase to try and record this podcast with Tracy for quite a bit of time and to finally have the opportunity to do it was so special uh, to me. And again, I know all of you listeners are going to enjoy today's episode. Of course, before we get there, I have to give a massive shout out to our friends over at Tennis Point, the lifeblood of this podcast to help make all of these conversations, all of these incredible opportunities for us here at Crack Rackets possible. Of course, they also provide the best equipment at the lowest prices to countless tennis players across the globe. And if you would like to become one of those tennis players today, it's pretty simple, folks. You're going to go to tennis-point.com right now. You'll find everything you need at all the best prices. When you inevitably do purchase something, use our promo code CR15 at checkout. Not only will you get 15% off your order, you'll get free two-day shipping on all orders exceeding $75. Best of all, a free can of Wilson Extra Duty Tennis Balls. Again, that's tennis-point, simple, not the spelling, tennis-point.com. The promo code is CR15. With all of that said, let's get to it. I am joined today by the fantastic Tracy Austin. Westoff, roll those credits. Let's start today's show. Hey, Cracked fans. With the summer months just around the corner, we know all of you are beginning to think about how you can best maximize your chances to improve your game with the warm weather. Well, thankfully, we here at Cracked Rackets are so excited to tell all of you about the 254 Tennis Camp happening this summer at Baylor University. Now, over the course of three weeks in June, starting June 12th through the 16th and ending June 26th through the 30th, you'll have the opportunity to learn from from some of the best coaches in the business in an all-encompassing tennis experience. You'll have the opportunity to improve each and every part of your game, whether that be on the singles court, whether that be on the doubles court, through drilling, through point play, match play as well. You'll also, of course, receive a free t-shirt 
for participating in the camp, but also have the chance to see yourself broadcasted as our Crack Rackets team will be providing coverage of the final day each week at this 254 tennis camp. Again, you'll have the opportunity to learn from some of the best coaches in the business. I promise Coach Michael Woodson and the Baylor team going to make it an extraordinarily enjoyable time. How can you get signed up today? Well, you can learn more information by visiting the Baylor website by going to baylor.edu slash athletics slash tennis camp. Again, that's baylor.edu slash athletics slash tennis camp to sign up today. Now, this camp open to any and all entrants, but limited only by age, number, grade level, and or gender. Again, you can learn more about this camp by going to baylor.edu slash athletics slash tennis camp today. Don't miss out, folks. Going to be three very exciting, fun weeks of tennis down at Baylor University. Be sure to sign up for the 254 Tennis Camp happening at Baylor today. Joining us on the podcast for the first time today is one of the legends in both tennis media and, of course, on the court. She has been a member of the Tennis Hall of Fame since 1992, a three-time Grand Slam champion, but perhaps most notably, of course, the mother of former USC All-American Brandon Holt, USC player Sean Holt as well. Welcome on to the show, Tracy Austin. Tracy, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Alex. Thanks. It's great to finally be on your show. I watch you frequently over the years, and I appreciate all that you have done for college tennis because as a tennis uh, college mom, uh, so many matches that I wanted to see, you made it possible. And you just, you know, you, you keep us up to date with rankings. I'm not as, not quite as involved now, but uh, I think college tennis is just wonderful for both the, the men's and the ladies. What an opportunity. It's unfortunate this is a podcast medium because I'm bright red, just so all of you listeners know right now, blushing fully. And we're actually, we're good. We could stop the podcast there. I'm just, we're going to move on. That's the clip we needed from you. And uh, yeah, thank you for joining us today, Tracy Austin. But no, I appreciate you saying that. And obviously, uh, I will say, this is, I told my dad, I'm home this week. I'm like, you know, Tracy Austin's coming on the podcast today. And he goes, I might actually listen. And I was like, all right. F you, but thank you. Uh, it's like, that's very kind. I knew we were going to get something out here. Uh, but again, with all that said, there are a lot of different places I want to go on today's discussion and things I want to ask you about. Most notably, you talk about, you know, college tennis and one of the big things for collegiate tennis players or those aspiring tennis players right now in the Southern California area is the Southern California Pro Circuit, which of course will be taking place six out of seven weeks starting end of May going through mid-July. Why did you feel it important to play a role and to support this Southern California Pro Circuit? I know personally how difficult it is to make that transition from the ITF, the future level bounce into the challenger level onto the main WTA or ATP tour. I think it's more difficult today than ever because the the tour, both tours are more international. There are more players from so many different countries around the world that want to get to those top 100 spots where you're making money. Mm -hmm. And because there are more players, it's uh, that much more difficult. And I realized that, because of COVID, and actually over the last 
couple of decades, we've seen the number of tournaments in the United States continually decrease, which is unfortunate. And because of COVID and financial reasons, I think the pro circuit and ITFs, the challengers have really taken a hit in the United States. I feel that it's important for young juniors, high schoolers that have a lot of promise, collegiate players in the Southern California area, which by the way, I think you're from the Midwest, but I think SoCal is a real hotbed of tennis uh, in the United States. It's produced so many champions. So whether it's a collegiate tennis, UCLA, USC, and so many other colleges that are, that are prominent here, or whether it's a transitional pro that's trying to make that transition to become a top 300, top 200, top 100 player, the opportunities are just few and far between. I think that staying home, whether it's SoCal, whether it's the United States, is a huge opportunity instead of having to travel to the far-flung places of Tunisia or Turkey or um, Greece. Uh, Cancun has a tournament almost every single week. But still, these types of events are great opportunities. They're a little more trying as far as practice courts, as far as the food that you're going to get, the hotels that you're staying, and all of this for so little money. The travel expenses are exorbitant for what you get back. So if you can stay home and possibly bring a coach with you, you're going to learn on the fly that much better and gain such valuable experience. So that in a nutshell, nutshell, Alex, I kind of gave you a, a plethora of reasons as to why you can pick any one of them, but there's probably about 30 that uh, why we need to have more in the United States. Yeah, no, that's the smorgasbord of answers I was looking for, for the record. And yeah, you say I'm a Midwest man. All you need to do is hear me say the word crack rackets. And you're like, oh, yeah, those A's like you are from Michigan. And so I acknowledge it. And yes, Southern California being the hotbed that it is, has always produced exceptional tennis throughout the history of the sport here in the United States. That said, to your point about the playing opportunities and going back and looking, you know, at some of your earliest seasons, you win that Portland Futures title by the, you know, right after you turn 14. And yet after that, you're able to go Minneapolis, Hilton Head and Charlotte, Phoenix, all of these different places. I don't want to ask if it was easier Wait, for you to break. Stop. We gotta stop. I mean, you, you did your research. I have been interviewed. <laughs> Thousands of times since then. And nobody, Alex, has gone as deep as that. They get to Portland and they may stick to Hilton Head, but you just know your stuff. I love it. Well, let me just say Rosie Casales and I, I still have beef with her because for her to beat you the way she did four and four in the round of 16, Rosie is not invited on the cracked interview. Let's be abundantly clear here. Neither is Carrie Reed, Sue Mappin. They're out. Now, Chris Everett, if she wants to come, she's in. But the rest, they're out, Tracy. Uh, but, you know, again, with all of that in mind, yeah, with all of that in mind, the reason I bring that up is you had places to play. And certainly you were a rising star. And I don't know if you got a wild card into that first U.S. Open, probably didn't need one at that point. That said, what I mean, you look at what Brandon's doing now. Did you feel it was a little bit easier for you just to find opportunities in the country? Well, I won that tournament in Portland. That was my first ever tournament that I played. And that allowed me to play. That was at the lower level. They called it a future. And that allowed me to play at the WTA level two tournaments. And once I got started and rolling, I, I, I got my ranking up. But back then, Alex, I can't even 
describe how many tournaments there were in the United States. First of all, it was either the Avon circuit or it was the Virginia Slim circuit, depending on who sponsored it. We had 12 consecutive weeks on the WTA leading up to Madison Square Garden, the championship. So that was the 13th week in a row, whether it was Dallas or it was Detroit or it was Tampa. We had all in the Chicago, all in the United States for the first three months. And now I think we have so few events, maybe it's 11 or 15, I'm not sure, but the number is is very, very small. Um, I can understand it decreasing because tennis is so much more international than it was back then to a couple of decades ago. But I'm just looking at, at just as breaking down the numbers for the Americans, it makes it that much more difficult to break in. So to have the SoCal Pro Circuit where you have six weeks, six out of seven weeks, as you mentioned, for young players to kind of sink their teeth into a playing opportunity where they're not traveling, you know, long distances, eating up all of their money, all of their prize money or some of the prize money that they might be making, staying in in Southern California where there's plenty of practice courts, plenty of other players to practice with, you know, maybe if they can afford it to bring a coach, maybe to get some housing, all of these things are gaining valuable experience on, on the fly. That, that is what you really need is that, that experience to play one week against a, a top player and feel like, Oh, I'm, I might feel a little more comfortable. And the next week you play again, there's, there's nothing that can make up for that. You can practice all you want, but it's, it's playing those matches and then can, playing those continuously, you know, not one over here and then flying six hours over here and you're trying to gain momentum. This is just a tremendous opportunity for the Southern California kids or pros, whatever it should be, to stay in one area uh, of the country for a while and uh, and gain, as I said, such in- incredible experience. And and talk about the wild cards for, for some of these kids that have never played before and will be you know, the wild cards will be given to some, some top kids in the area, whether it's college or, or juniors or transitional pros. Um, all of these are, are very important. I will say if the 405 is crowded, going southbound from L.A. to San Diego might take five hours. So let's just be clear there. Like, it, it still could be a five-hour commute, but uh, – to- expensive, but it's better than the <laughs> That's true. That's true. Um, with that in mind, though, you know, you talk about – and again – I, I, I want to use you as an example. I want to use just every, every, all these people pl- or, who are looking for these playing opportunities at the SoCal Pro Circuit because wow. you talk about the wild cards. And certainly, again, what's so fun about this opportunity is I know the wild cards are going to be targeted to the junior players looking to dip their toes in the pro waters and the collegiate players who are also looking to see, hey, does my game hold up? I mean, it sounds like an obvious answer, but how valuable are those experiences? How, you know, are they a necessity for these players? Otherwise, you're kind of going out into the wilderness, right? It is a necessity. And I will say just the comfort of even being at home. And I've mentioned this a couple of times already, but maybe it's a family member. Maybe it's a coach being on board. When you are traveling to the Argentinas or the Santa Domingos or the Tunisias, Tunisia from Southern California, you know, Brandon went there last spring. It took 24 hours to get there. So, and the expense, the cost, uh, you know, this is a uh, very important. These are very important opportunities for these young players just to, to sink their teeth into it. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, and again, it's six and seven weeks, and so you get to go back to back to back. And, you know, I want to talk about the Southern California tennis community as well, because certainly this past year we saw the ATP event in San Diego, and Ryan Redondo didn't confirm it, but I'm pretty certain there's going to be a WTA San Diego event there this fall. We'll wait for the official announcement, but I'm pretty certain that's going to happen. Now, there's still no flagship event in L.A., But that said, there is a rich history of pro tennis in Southern California, correct? Like these events, they may seem like a one-off right now, but this is laying the foundation to bring Southern California tennis back, it feels like. Yeah, it it is painful that we don't have something. We have San Jose on the women's side still, but to not have the tournament, the men's tournament in L.A. and the women's tournament was in L.A. I played it at the Forum for many years. Then it was in Manhattan Beach. Then it was based out of Carson. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, we had the La Costa event on the women's side for, for years. I, I played at La Costa. So to ha- not have an event like that is, is for a, a Southern California region that is such a hotbed. It's concerning to me. Um, you know, the fact that we have these two great events, Indian Wells and Miami back to back, the Sunshine Double, very thankful for that. But I'm always afraid one is going to get sold or, you know, some of these in Cincinnati, there's talk about that being sold. We've got to keep what we have here in the United States. And so much of this is opportunities for the pros. I'm talking the Taylor Fritzes and the Tommy Pauls and the Sebastian Cordas. Even those guys really are thankful when they get to stay in the United States for a little bit amount of time. But how about the young kids, the young kids that can go watch the SoCal Pro Circuit? in Southern California, I really want to suggest to coaches, to parents, you know, they all think how important it is to spend their four or five, maybe six, who knows how how many hours a day that they're out there on the court, you know, grab some kids. We all know that that Wayne Bryan always talks about, you got to see it to believe it. You got to see it to be it. You know, grab some kids, get a couple van loads and go watch these events. Admission is free. I don't think there's anything more inspiring for these kids to watch somebody and get to know somebody and then maybe follow, you know, go to SofaScore and you know, Resultina, whatever it is, and follow those those players and follow their results because that taking all of that in, I think will get them jazzed about the game more than just playing that extra hour on court. So talking about the hotbed of tennis, it was always the LA tennis club. I don't know if you've ever been there, Alex, but I used to go as a little kid and it was Rod Laver and it was Roy Emerson. And it was, you know, Mal Anderson, Pancho Gonzalez. I was a baby kid, but just watching them play and taking it in May Sutton Bundy, that goes way back, but um, she was really old at that time already. Um, But those kinds of things are really meaningful when you're, a youngster, you know, watching Billie Jean King, Rosie Casals, that kind of a thing. So we, we have also, when you look at the clubs that these events, these SoCal pro circuit are being played at actually one is at the Jack Kramer tennis club where I grew up and I still, I'll be going there in about an hour to hit balls with Brandon. Um, so most cab, most Caballeros, Lakewood tennis center, Barnes tennis center, which have, has uh, hosted the junior nationals for the girls a number of years, Rancho Santa Fe. Um, these are, these are fantastic clubs to step up. And I also want to thank all of the sponsors that got behind this. Wilson, I think is a, is a big sponsor. And, and there are a couple of, of individuals that have put up some money because they're tennis fans. 
And the other thing, Alex, one more thing is I think this could become a template. What Chris, what Chris Boyer has done is just huge kudos to him. You know, this is what he wanted and he went out and, and grabbed it and got people involved. Hopefully this could be a template for Florida and for the Midwest. And we can add more of these events because the USTA can't do them all. Yeah. The term that keeps getting thrown out to me is the satellite tour, that this is very reminiscent of the satellite tour of the 80s and the 90s. And again, nerd on this side of the podcast. So I'm well aware of the satellite tour. But for our listeners who perhaps are less aware, is that a fair comparison in your mind? Without a doubt, because I think of the satellite tours uh, playing in one region. It was a smaller region or a region of the country where players were trying. Remember, there's not a lot of money, a lot, a lot of prize money. Oftentimes it's hundreds of dollars for most that are in the tournament. Very few get are going up into the thousands. So if they can get a van together and ride to the next place and share a hotel, they're, they're really trying to um, make defray costs and, and trying to keep the costs down. So when you can put, weeks back to back like i actually like that that chris boyer has this idea of playing three weeks back to back in one area and then having that week off everybody's body everybody's mind needs a a little bit of time to refresh and then three more weeks so first it's in san diego county and then the second half comes into los angeles county this is just phenomenal the thinking behind it and his energy to get all of these sponsors and and past players energized and promoting it, you know, kudos to Chris. Phenomenal. No, and he invited us, obviously, here at Crack Rackets to play a role, and we were immensely flattered, even when he says, yeah, the role is bus driver, but are you in? And I was like, yeah. I was like, please, say no more. I'm in. Uh, Just by proximity, give me the invite. Um, You're going to be commentating on most of the matches, or some of the matches. I will be. Yeah, no, we are. Yeah, I should say that we do have a serious role here at Crack Rackets. I was kidding, listeners, and I was kidding, Chris, but he know, know, I'd make the joke to him. We are so excited to be able to highlight this because it's the nexus of everything we love here at cracked rackets it's the high level juniors who have pro aspirations it's the collegiate athletes who again are trying to see if their game is able to make it on the pro tour with that in mind we spoke with bradley Klon a little bit earlier i asked him this question i wanted to ask you as well has has the pathway to college been destigmatized i do feel as though now players aren't just written off if they go to college absolutely 100 percent I agree with you. I think before, I think Daniel Collins has done a great job of of really taking that stigma away. Alex, you could probably come up with a a better list than I can. (laughs) Johnson and you go back to Kevin Anderson, um, Cam Norrie. How about him? I mean, he's top 20 in the, in the world played for TCU. So I think before I would hazard to say that even the USTA would think of, of players that had gone to college and they might've even started writing them off. Uh, John Isner's another one, but I think that there are plenty of kids that either physically or emotionally or mentally are not quite ready to jump all in, to be a pro at 17, 18 years old. You know, a lot of kids are, especially the men, they're scrawny at that, at that stage are physically not able to play against men when they still feel like they're boys. Uh, so give yourself one, two, maybe even four years, and then try your hand at the Pro Tour. I think it, uh, it, there's not one cookie-cutter way to make it now. And I like that it's, it's much more acceptable to go to college. Because you know what? It's just 
You've seen it. There's nothing better than somebody clinching yeah. that that seventh match and everybody's on the sideline. You've got that team on the sideline and the other team on the sideline. That kid's got all the pressure. Yeah. But at the same time, he has all the support of teammates, which we don't have in an individual sport like tennis. And then he wins and he gets piled on top of those are, those are that gives me the chills. Those are memories that they are he or she uh, will have for the rest of their lives. It's it's incredible. I love college tennis. No, I agree. It's also I feel very beneficial to just be the best in the world at something. And it's a very, you know, subtopic group, but like you can't tell me the confidence Steve Johnson carries on court where you said, Well, you know, I was the best in the world for two years at USC and like all due respect, Yuri Vashley. I don't care about you. Like, you were never the best at anything. Like, I was the best. And I just think you can't fake that confidence. And then, you know, again, never the worst thing in the world to have someone pay for your training. I, I think there's that aspect as well. And then, you know, we talked about this with Brad, the loneliness aspect as well. Like, when Brandon's in Tunisia, there's got to be – like, I know Oliver Crawford was out that way. And there's got to be at least some guys he was in the college world with. Yeah, it was Jack Spider actually was yeah, was there with Brandon. Brandon brings his travel guitar, and so any Americans <laughs> that are there, um, Kikuchi I think was there from Cal. Yeah. So you know they're all singing poorly and having a good time <laughs> at night. There's not a lot to do, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean you it it can get lonely. Um, but so that's uh, something else that you have to try to navigate uh, when you're in these far flung places and. Yeah, I could write a book already, and it's it's it would be Brandon's book, not mine, but him calling of of situations that he's that he's already been in, uh, where SoCal Pro Circuit events were very appreciative um, that they're they're coming along. It's it's much better to have your kids closer to home, where there's plenty of food, and you know you're not giving the gal who gives the food an extra Pepsi or two so you get more food. <laughs> appreciation that you learn um and so there's there's a lot of stories you'll have to have brandon on and it's much better for him to tell you that's what i'm saying he goes to in and out now and they're like 250 and he's like 150 and they're like no and they're like he's like but elsewhere i'm allowed to bargain and they're like yeah no like we don't do bargains anymore yeah he's like i but i just learned this easier he's at the gap it's not about money it's about how much food there was i'm not gonna get into it Sure. I'm not going to get into it. And you're hungry after you're training for four hours. Oh, you can only, and it's hot. It's and very it's hot. No, I, hot. I, yeah, I can only freaking imagine. Well, again, I do want to ask you a Brandon question. Uh, 25 and four this year. Not too bad for the kid, right? I am so proud of him. Uh, you know, he's had some hard knocks as everybody has with COVID, you know, his last year, his senior year in March, um, everything got abandoned and, you know, he was, near the top of, of college players who had a pretty good chance at the NCAAs. So, but there are players and families that have had it much worse. Then he got a benign cyst on his uh, benign tumor on his fourth metacarpal, had to have surgery. He was out for eight months last year, comes back this year, works his tail off to get back. Uh, you know, when you've been out and you, it's your plain hand, yeah. the surgery a lot of doctors were like, no, send it to the next doctor. No, send it to the next doctor. They had, they hadn't done that surgery. So he came back, worked extremely hard, won three in a row in Cancun and then won a recent one in Nottingham. Nottingham. Yep. 
Yeah. So you know better than I do. Um, so <laughs> well, you know, unlike his mother, he calls me once a week. Uh, <laughs> okay. no, <I'm> just kidding. <laughs> so I'm extremely proud. He's more than cut his ranking in half. And, you know, the main thing is he seems to be enjoying it. He's really hungry. Um, he's playing great. He's improving all the time. I'm, I'm just at, did I say it, Alex? I'm proud of him. Yeah, I like it. No, that's good. I like to think, oh, well, my mom hosted, she's an OB. She hosted a journal club for her residents yesterday, and they were like, oh, so you're the tennis one. And I was like, yeah, not really. I was like, Brandon's actually the tennis one. I was like, if my mom's doing that sort of bragging, I can only imagine the sort of bragging you get to do when it's like, you know, my son's 25 and four this year. Like, you probably haven't won 25 of your past showers, let alone 25 anything. And so, you know, again, that's a, that's a, it's obviously really cool to see Brandon have have all of this success as well. And, you know, again, I don't want to take up too much of your time. I cannot let you go, though, without asking one Carlos Alcaraz question, because, you know, you were a young, still a young sensation. Let me be clear. But you were, you know, again, the you were you have been in that Alcaraz position. You are one of the few people who can comment on what it's like to receive that much attention and, you know, that much hype at that age. A, is it deserving for Carlos? B, do you think it's a good thing for him as well? He seems to handle it beautifully. Um, 100% it is deserving. What the kid, he's 19, just turned 19 last week, has done already. He's won two Masters 1000s, I believe two other 500s. If not, that one was a 250. To have four titles this year, last week beating, I, and yes, it is Nadal coming back for his first tournament in six weeks. And yes, it's Djokovic who had a little bit of a, of a light schedule. But to beat those two and then Zverev in, in the finals three and one when he had sprained his, his ankle. Um, I, I just don't know how many Grand Slams his kid's going to win. I, could he win the French? I was saying he's going to win one this year. Now I'm thinking he's definitely in the conversation, maybe at the top of the conversation, to win Roland Garros. He's so physically strong. He's calm. He's consistent with his results. Uh, he's got weapons. He's powerful. I, I just don't – What? there's nothing wrong with his game. And he's got Juan Carlos Ferrero in his box. So, you know, sometimes when you're coming up, you have questions about scheduling. How much should I play? How much should I practice? Even having an ankle injury, there are not too many people in the world that you can ask that have been in that position and that you really trust. So to have someone who's a former world number one is such an asset because he's going to trust everything that Juan Carlos says because mm -hmm. there's only a handful in the world that have even been in his position. So the answer is I'm a fan. Yeah. If, it was a, if he was a stock, I'd buy as much as I could afford. Yes. Yeah. No, the problem is he's like Apple after the iPad. Uh, iPod has come out where you're like, now everyone knows. Like, this is, yeah, they're like, you're not going to get a good price there, but I agree with you. Like, it's just buy, buy, buy because it's only going to go up. Our joke here on this show is that, you know, there, when in the greatest of all time conversation, 99.9% .9 of people are eliminated by age 19. He has not been. It's like he's not the greatest of all time. But he's not eliminated, like which in itself is an accomplishment, in my opinion. Now, again, that's the sort of hype train that gets yeah. people in trouble. But that's but it not seems real. It seems real. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, there are plenty that I don't want to hype. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and I, he's, he's winning already. He seems more mature than 19. 
uh, the way that he is on the court. Uh, I, I just think that there are a few special people that come along and you can really identify them. I do feel a little bit sorry for the Zveros of the world, the Sitsipasas of the world, who really felt like they were the next because the lane had started to open where you had Djokovic who wasn't playing as much and Roger who hasn't played since Wimbledon of last year. Um, you know, Nadal who had been out, but he uh, five months of last year came back strong. Obviously he's only lost, well, now he's lost twice. Um, but I think those players were starting to think, okay, there's a little bit of space because those guys have been hogging the top for a couple of decades. Mm-hmm. And now all of a sudden Alcaraz comes and, and leapfrogs every leap, leap frogs, everybody. Yeah, no, it, it, it makes it uh, again. It's going to be a fun French open. It's going to be a fun home stretch. Last question for you. I pride myself on being, <laughs> it's a question about me. No, it's not. I promise it's about you. I pride myself on being, you know, I like to think I'm pretty good at my job, but above anything else, I think I'm a really good brother. I think I'm a really good sibling. Like, I think if you asked both of my brothers, who's your favorite sibling, they would say, ah, oh, it's, it's probably Alex more than the other one. Uh, at least that's what I tell myself. That said, I have never won my sibling a Grand Slam title. So with that in mind, 1980 U.S. Open. Talk me through, again, you and John taking home the title because I, my older brother and I played one high school tournament together, and, like, that's a top five memory for me. Well, it was Wimbledon, though. Was Wimbledon. Yeah. Oh, did I say U.S.? I meant Wimbledon. Excuse. Yeah, there it is. The uh, Leave it in, yeah. West stuff. I do make mistakes. I know that you know that, though. I think you yeah. just made because you don't, you don't miss too many things. Yeah, Alex, that was probably one of my most emotional titles, obviously, to win Wimbledon, but then to win it with a sibling because it wasn't something growing up that I thought we were capable of doing. We, I played mixed doubles the year before, and as you know, grass is such a unique surface that I normally was not playing doubles or mixed, but I needed that extra rep. I needed those extra reps. I needed anything that could get me out on those specific grass courts. Cause I don't know if you know, you can't really practice on the grass at Wimbledon. You have to practice at the Arangi club next door. And so therefore I entered the mix with John had lost the year before he said, come on, let's play again. And every match that we played in 1980, we barely got through <laughs> We'd go back to the hotel, go out to dinner and talk about it, probably thinking that was going to be our last win. And then to, to end up winning the title with a sibling, with our parents there, some a couple of our other siblings there, it was uh, really one of the highlights of my career. Is that one of those things at Thanksgiving where he's annoying you and you say, John, I won you a title. Sit down and shut up. Never. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely not. He, he did very well. He, he's an incredible returner mm-hmm. handled the pressure. I, I did not win him the title. He, he, he held up his end of the bargain extremely well. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, I imagine then here, we got to the finals the next that's year. What did, does he can, it sounds like, does he convince you to say, Hey, let, let's try to defend our title. Let's do one more. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Up a set in the final and yeah. maybe up a break. I mean, look, they, people don't talk enough about Fru McMillan. Like, we could, uh, I could, we could do 20 minutes on it, but we'll save that for next Wednesday. Um, but yeah, um, no. Again, with all of that said, obviously, 
I could spend four hours asking you questions. What I'm going to do is save those questions and just reserve the right to bring you back on uh, because obviously massive fan of all of your coverage, all of your work for Tennis Channel. And again, you have forgotten more about tennis than I will ever know. So it is an absolute pleasure to have you on the show here, Tracy. And uh, obviously, hopefully uh, we'll be able to be out there in L.A. and, you know, you'll get to see the smiling face in person. I'd love it. I really would, Alex. It's 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 been a yeah. uh, we wanted to do this for a while now. So I'm so happy that we get to do it talking about SoCal Pro Circuit, because I think it's so important for these young players, young um, you know, juniors, pros, college players to have these opportunities. So we'll talk again, Alex. That's for sure, because I, I love what you do. Oh, I appreciate it. And again, Trace, be safe, be healthy. Tell Brandon I say hello, and uh, hopefully we will talk to you again soon. Sounds good. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hope all of you enjoyed my conversation with the legend, Tracy Austin. And again, a huge thank you to her for taking the time to chat, for tolerating all of our nonsense, and for the kind words. Sincerely to know that Tracy Austin was following the work that we're doing here at Crack Rackets. Yeah, it's a healthy ego boost, and I'm immensely grateful that she took the time to chat with us here today. Of course, hopefully we'll have the chance to talk with her more throughout the course of the summer, and hopefully we'll get the chance to maybe sit down with her in person during one of those events during the 2022 Southern California Pro Series. But of course, it's a busy time right now here at Crack Rackets. It's busy times right now across the tennis world as well, and we know it's our job here at Crack Rackets to keep you all the most well-informed, best-educated fans in the business. I do apologize. I haven't nerded out. I haven't talked about Own Jabour's title run in Madrid. haven't really offered my thoughts on the Carlos Alcaraz sensation. The reason we haven't done that, we're recording a lot of podcasts here right now, folks. Obviously, we're recording our Sweet 16 press row where I'm attempting to speak with each of the remaining 32 head coaches prior to this weekend's college tennis and NCAA tournament round of 16. Of course, we did have the exceptional opportunity to speak with Bradley Klott, who will be making his professional return in uh, at the French Open in qualifying. That conversation found on the Great Shot podcast feed, those Sweet 16 interviews found on the Cracked Interviews podcast feed. For all of that content, head on over to our website, CrackRackets.com. Of course, like, rate, subscribe, review to all of the shows. And if you need the more immediate updates, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, at Cracked Rackets. You want to message me directly, I am at A.L. Gruskin. A shout out as always. Always to our super producer, Daniel Westoff, for the f- of an editing job he does day in, day out, making all of this content possible. Again, my promise to all of you listeners, tomorrow I'm locking in on the tennis because we haven't talked about Rome. I still owe you my thoughts from Madrid. Yeah, we have countless interviews to go, but I'm going to find some time to dig in and talk about all the tennis action because I know that's the sort of content you all are looking for. But with all of that said, a shout out, by the way, to our friends at Tennis Point, tennis-point.com. The promo code is CR15 with all of that said. For our super producer, Daniel Westoff, the fantastic Tracy Austin, our friends at Tennis Point from all of us here at both Crack Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network. I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. You know what we say. That's the break. And we'll talk to you all tomorrow. Thanks, everyone.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 